Aldrin, Lightyear, Powell. These are the three most important buzzes in the history of the world, and yet you likely don't know much about the last one, which is a shame, because what have Buzz Aldrin or Buzz Lightyear done for you lately? Is Buzz Lightyear helping to improve the quality of the interstate you're driving on, the safety? Dude's not even real. Is Buzz Aldrin? I mean, the moon was great and all, but what does the man know about improving fuel economy? He might like concrete for all we know. Not Buzz Powell. Dr. Buzz is an asphalt man. The Asphalt Man, the Assistant Director and Senior Research Engineer for the National Center for Asphalt Technology, has spent a lifetime literally pounding the pavement, testing trucks and tracks to infinity and beyond. Get your ears on, good buddy. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. Oh. 1.21 You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Welcome, friends, thrill seekers, to yet another episode of the greatest podcast in all of higher education, Hashtag Getting. I am Jeremy Henderson, a, what am I, Austin? Oh, that's a loaded Communi- question. <laughs> Don't ask me that. A, uh, a communications uh, specialist in the Office of Communications and Marketing, joined by Austin Phillips, the assistant director of the uh, college, Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Marketing and Communications. And uh, we are joined, uh, as always, on the keys here by Marcus Italy Klutz, back from Italy. Smells like oregano and garlic in here. That's what it is. Almost arrested. It's another (laughs) episode by the Polizzi or whatever they're called. It's another episode. (laughs) Today we are joined by Dr. R. Do we go with the R? Do you say the R? Um, that officially, yeah, but everybody just calls me Buzz. Buzz. I'm Dr. Buzz by my Dr. Buzz. That's what they call you, Dr. Buzz? Yeah. Dr. Buzz Powell. Papa Buzz by my grandkids, but Dr. Buzz. Dr. Buzz Powell. (laughs) Assisted. Well, I was going to say, Jeremy's been here. You've been here about, what, six months, seven months? When he found out that we had a guy at the test track whose name was Buzz, (laughs) he was just elated. He was like, like, we got to have him on here. Yeah. Speaking of the uh, test track, right, assistant director and test track manager for the National Center for Asphalt Technology, we have a uh, colleague named Christine who was attached to y'all specifically. Y'all are so important, you get your own person. How is she doing over there, I mean, performance-wise? <laughs> Christine, is, Christine is awesome. Does she meet expectations or exceed She's exemplary in the, in the performance evaluation system, I would say. She doesn't report to me, but I would say she's exemplary. I mean, in terms of morale, like the <laughs> attitude, I mean, she... <laughs> I mean, she just she comes over here one day a week, and it's just like, geez, man. But she apparently she's doing a good job. Well, it- I'm an assistant director at the National Center for Asphalt Technology, which we call NCAT for short. Yeah, and and it's a happy place. Okay, I mean, it's well, a it's a unique work environment because everybody's really excited to be part of the team. Yeah, so. y'all are way over there. See, it's like a mystery to it's me. Because like, parking is on. good. Yeah, parking yeah, is good. That's yeah. the key to happiness. Well, well, yeah, when you're making your own asphalt, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess you can, you can make your own parking lot. <laughs> pave paradise. We did pave our own parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. There, so. What's going on over there? What 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 does happen? I mean, we're, we're, we're asphalt technology. What is asphalt? I don't even know. It's like I do, but I don't. Well, it, asphalt is a, is a mixture of Asphalt binder and rock and sand. So that's what's in that's what's in the roads that you drive on, the black roads that you drive on. 
And uh, and I, what I tell people is uh, designing asphalt mixes that are in good investment for taxpayers is kind of like being a good chef. You know, anybody can can nuke a sandwich in a microwave, but it takes a chef to make a, a meal that's that's worth the money that you pay for it. And and asphalt's that way. It's easy to mix rock and sand and liquid asphalt and and make a road. The challenge is to is to proportion everything in an ideal way that maximizes the return on investment for the taxpayers. So, so, that, like so that's what we do. Wolfgang Puck of asphalt. We are master chefs of asphalt. That's <laughs> the exactly food right. Right. Love it. Why is asphalt better than concrete? Uh, gosh, we only have 20 minutes. So I, I, <laughs> you don't need to ask me an open question like that. But it, it's really about it's about uh, sustainability. And, and, and sustainability is going to be a function of, of you know, impacts on on people's lives and in return on investment and and the viability of material into the future. So the really nice thing about asphalt is it has the lowest carbon footprint by far by like a factor of three uh, in terms of of road surface choices, and it's 100% recyclable. So it's a it's a great material to build with. It's smoother roads. Uh, we, we would argue longer lasting roads as a function of the research that we do. It's more uh, preservable, you know, easier to maintain, better roof on the house for a roadway structure. So there's just a whole lot of reasons why we believe that uh, asphalt roads are, are the better roads. I'm a huge NASCAR fan, so that's always a, a topic on the NASCAR tracks is, uh, was it better as concrete, better as asphalt? So it, It's much easier to build a, a smooth asphalt road than it is to build a smooth concrete road. Concrete you avoid, is much less forgiving. Do you so. avoid concrete roads like when you're driving? Like are you like... No, I don't. I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to detour around that. Hey <laughs> well, Siri, I'm a, take I'm me. A, I'm a road geek. So, okay. like, if I'm driving a car that where I can reset the fuel economy meter gotcha. in it, it's it's kind of fun to get on a really bumpy jointed concrete pavement, reset the fuel economy gauge, and see what effect that roughness has on your fuel economy. Because when you get on a good smooth asphalt road, you reset it, you'll see better fuel economy numbers in your car. And when you kind of extrapolate that little experience that you have to the entire infrastructure in the United States. It's billions of dollars, you know, so it's it's kind of fun. I don't avoid them, but I like to – I find myself constantly comparing road surfaces. Concrete's great for bridges, by the way. I used to build bridges back early, early in my career, but we definitely prefer asphalt roads. Good for bridges, bad for roads. Love it. All right. Johnny Tucker, ring a bell? Yes, it does. Owner of the Tucker Company says that Dr. Powell – Buzz is the foremost expert in his field of lab quality control and related road construction from a design and scientific perspective. Buzz has seen and dealt with more data backed up by real life experience related to the road building business covering most of the United States than any single person I know. Accurate? Wow. I, I, That's I try to be a very humble person. I mean, I reached out to him. That's what I, he said. I, I, I think I'm, I know a lot about, about asphalt roadways, but. I mean, but, uh, that's a that's a pretty that's sound, a strong statement, yeah, right I, there. I appreciate that. That's but uh, well, I just did you, you know, email anybody about me? <laughs> can I get can I get some of that? Can't we can't we can't read no, that? We can't one read that. Read what, that what's right. unique about what I do is is at the test track we rebuild it every three years. So I've been at Auburn at, for twenty years now, and and we've built seven different tracks, and it's a it's a multi state research cooperative. So we build we build roads on the test track for states as far west as Oklahoma and as far east as 
as Virginia. And, and so we, we haul in material, they're all their raw materials and we run the mixes that they design using the materials that they build their roads with. In many cases, the same ba- uh, aggregate bases and the same subgrade materials. So in terms of, of, of breadth of practice, I've been really blessed to have the opportunity to, to deal with mixes from all over the country and, uh, and to sort in, in a lot of ways to, to have to be a con, you know, live like a contractor who's practicing in those states and, and meet really strict state DOT specifications. So, which state has the best recipe? Oh, that's a really loaded question. So, um, just mouth it. They, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's a hard question to answer because states, uh, most states use the same basic uh, specification framework to design their mixes. The, the challenge with roads is you, you have to build roads with, you know, based on the economy of locally available materials. So like if you find a road that, la- how to build a road that lasts forever in South Alabama, that's not going to work in North Alabama because the materials are completely different. So that, that's the reason why it's cost effective for so many states, for half the states in the country to fund research through the National Center for Asphalt Technology and the NCAT pavement test track because everything is different. Every site is unique. Every quarry is producing aggregates that have unique properties, and that affects how you proportion those materials to, to achieve the lowest possible life cycle cost. For those that aren't familiar with the test track, you know, how large is it? How many miles are you logging? How advantageous is it that we have this resource here at Auburn University? It, it's, a, it's a resource that is unique in all the world. It's the only test facility like it anywhere. Um, and it, it, it's in a kind of a unique uh, category of asphalt research called accelerated pavement testing. So the whole, whole idea is that we compress a design lifetime of damage into a very short period of time. So instead of a, of a DOT having to wait 10 years to figure out is specification A better than specification B or material A versus material B, we can tell them in a really short period of, of time. So there's no other facility like it. And and and, it, and it's really unique for a university research center because we at the beginning of the project we're we're a, a construction company and we're building these test sections. We work very closely with East Alabama Paving here uh, in in the Auburn Opelika area. They're our they're our competitively bid contractor for most of our track builds, and they do it they do an outstanding job with that. But we build these test sections, and then we actually own and operate a fleet of trucks. So we. We're not just a, a research center with a staff of scientists and engineers and, and students. We, we have a, a, a team of truck drivers and a, and a trucking fleet and a trucking staff. And after we build these test sections, we, we run our fleet about three-quarters of a million miles a year to compress a design lifetime of damage into about two years of, of fleet operations. So you we, ever hop in the truck? Uh, I have. Uh, I, I think it's important from a leadership point of view to – to understand what your team is experiencing, and so I've, you know, I've I've logged some time on the track because I, I wanted to I wanted to understand what it what is it like for my truck drivers. So a NASCAR fan could get in on that. I but, like it, but it's a one point seven mile oval, and and um, you know, of course the the speed that you can achieve is a function of the radius of curvature and the and the super elevation. So our our radius of curvature was was somewhat fixed by the the land area that we had the 309 acre site uh, and and we fixed the super elevation at a a typical maximum super elevation for an interstate ramp We're, we really are an interstate type 
simulation. We don't do a lot of stop and start testing. Sometimes we do from a pavement response point of view, but most of it is is accelerated performance at, at a relatively high speed. So the design speed for the for the facility is about forty six and a half miles per hour. And that's because pavement response doesn't change anymore when you go past about forty miles per hour. So we wouldn't gain anything if we if we ramped up to seventy. It would just be a more dangerous and more costly operation. So we we run five trucks at a time in an in gener- in a an AM shift and a PM shift we call them and and uh, between between those five trucks, two shifts a day, five days a week, we run about three quarters of a million miles a year. So you got a driver, and that's his job is to come out there and just drive in circles for like what eight hours. He he drives an oval. So it's not quite a circle. They're, they're, the, the straightaways do break the monotony of, of a circle. Excuse me. But uh, but they they do, and and we have a, a shift cycle that is pretty precisely designed to get them out of the truck in, in, at ideal times to prevent driver fatigue. Because you know safety is, is always the most important thing with any with any research or you know research activity here at Auburn University. So we've we've have. Uh, work to implement a driver schedule that gets them out of the truck at specific times to, to optimize safety. So we, we have a, uh, we've had a few things happen out there, but and we, we've driven uh, over 9 million miles since we started this. So it's a lot of, a lot of miles. So, you know, things are going to happen, but our job as leaders is to make sure that, that, w- that it's few and far between because we want to get everybody home safely at the end of the day. But now our truck drivers, the thing about truck drivers is they, most truck drivers love to drive a truck. They just don't like being away from home, and they don't like being a long distance from a bathroom. So when they work for <laughs> us, they got both. They, they're they're never more than a mile and a half away from a bathroom, and they get to go home every night. So they they're very important member, members of our team, Sounds enthusiastic awesome. members of our team. Well, you're you're an Auburn educated man as well. Um, I am. Wh- where are you from, and what drew you here? Well, I, I grew up in, in Elmore County on a farm in Elmore County in a, in a large family of predominantly Alabama fans. I was the only oh Auburn gosh. fan in, in my family. Gosh. And I never understood why we were a farming family, but we, but we were not supportive of, of the, you know, the, the, the university in Alabama that was the most supportive of agriculture. And I, I just, for whatever reason... I saw that immediately growing up on the farm and, and my my dream, you know, was always to be Auburn educated and I moved from Elmore County to, to Montgomery and and I went as I took as many classes as I could at AUM, which is a great, you know, investment for people that are transitioning to Auburn and in engineering you, you could do two years at that time, but you had to do your last two years at Auburn. So I, I transferred to Auburn to finish my undergraduate degree. In a previous life, you also uh, spent many years for, with ALDOT. So I did. Talk, talk about how that experience has parlayed uh, into your current role and, and how you've been able to use that to uh, to really ramp us up here. That's, that's been very valuable to me because our, our customers, our research customers, are state DOTs. So I was I was an engineer with Alabama DOT for 12 years, and, and then I was in, in the private sector for a few years. So I, I saw both sides of – of the contract, you know, relationship that exists out there. And, uh, and that experience really was incredibly valuable to my work here at Auburn uh, because I am a, I essentially kind of grew up, you know, professionally within a DOT and, and, and I, and I really am, am a DOT person at heart, you know, so I, I, 
interface with a lot of DOT brothers and sisters from states, 25 different states from all over the country. And, and I, uh, because I, I sort of become a contractor every three years, become a prime contractor with the track builds, it's, it's instinctively easy for me to change hats and, and put on a DOT hat and, and think as someone who has written and enforced specifications and then put on another hat and, and think as someone who's had to comply with those specifications, you know, in, in, a, in a really rigorous work environment. And, and I think that it, it gives me a really, really unique perspective in what specifications will work for state agencies and what specifications create that, that uh, level competitive playing field out there that, that, that will work for contractors. Because it's really all about uh, getting the best deal for the taxpayers and uh, safe and sustainable uh, roadway infrastructure at the lowest possible life cycle cost. That, that's kind of the elevator, elevator uh, pitch for, for what we do. That's, that's what we're all about at NCAP. Let's talk about, let's get personal, Buzz, the name. How this come about growing up on the farm in Elmore? Well, I, I'm, I'm a, a space race kid, mm. you know, so I was born in '64, and uh, I, I'm I'm adopted, so there's a long you know story behind that, and uh, so my family was motivated to 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 come up with a nickname for me, and Buzz Aldrin was a national hero at that time, and I think that had as much to do with it as anything. Toy Story. <laughs> what do you think yeah i'm uh for my kids generation you know that's what everybody thinks of as buzz lightyear and my son's name is brad so his nickname was brad lightyear since he was, <laughs> since he was the son of buzz i got so you i got you he's a he's a uh, firefighter in montgomery for the city of montgomery so how has auburn in terms in terms of the re like first walk me through a, a day like out there like what's a normal day for you you know we talk about like you know the testing and everything, but but walk me through one. Well, I, I, first off, I would say I, I've got three grown kids. I got two daughters and my son, and I've always told my kids when you're when you're doing when you're in a profession that that God has called you into, you, you'll know it because it feels like a hobby. It doesn't feel like a job. And I was telling somebody just yesterday, I, I've been here for twenty years now, and I've I don't recall a single day in twenty years where I've dreaded going to work. I'm, I've been excited to go to work every single day, and it's even be- with Christine out there. Even with Christine, yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. funny. Maybe so, she'll listen now. <laughs> that's the idea. And, and it, I mean, it's because I was I was born to be an engineer, and I was very blessed to discover that and 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 get into the right career path. But what we're what we do is important. You know, it's it's extremely important because we spend billions and billions of dollars on roadway infrastructure, and I'm a taxpayer just like everybody else, and. I'm incredibly motivated to to find ways to make roads better, make them last longer, make them more sustainable, make them safer. You know all all the positives, and, and so you go to work excited every day, and you get to work early every day, and you stay late every day, and and you know you, you find yourself thinking, man, I just wish there was more hours in the day so I could so I could get more work done. You know, and I'm I'm I, you know I wish the world would be a better place if everybody had had that kind of a perspective but now our our trucks start at five o'clock in the morning so our trucking staff begins to come to work at at 4 30 you know they come in and, and unlock the facility and and go through pre-trip inspections and get everything uh, moving in that direction you know auburn's official hours are 7 45 to 4 45 but but our 
uh, all of our staff is there by seven, and a lot of them are there by quarter to five. And then, <laughs> and then our fleet Apparently. runs the the second shift of drivers. They'll they'll run until ten forty five at night, and they'll they'll come out and, and refuel the trucks to get them ready for the shift the next day. It's and like right now, there's folks out there going around and around, driving around the track. That's nice, exactly right? Well, in addition, we've done some autonomous um, work out there, and well, I don't don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but we may have a facility coming out there that will. Um, that will help those that are doing some autonomous uh, research to be able to not have to travel as far and have something out there. So hopefully that's something that we can announce pretty soon. But uh, well, yeah, and, I mean, and the track is a you know our job, the part of our job, the track is an incredible, it's an asset for the pavement community. And my customers are state DOTs, but it also cr- creates a valuable resource and asset for Auburn University. And uh, so the track is actually a two lane facility. And we always run our trucks in the outside lane, the trucking lane, but the passing lane is only used for safety purposes when the fleet is running. So if somebody hits a deer or has a flat tire or breaks an axle, you know, something happens, they can use that inside lane to avoid contact with each other. And then we use that lane as a haul road and a work platform when we're rebuilding test sections in the outside lane, which happens every three years. But otherwise that lane is nothing is, is done with it. We, we have begun to use it for uh, for certification purposes, for for pavement profiling test equipment, and and we're gonna uh, we're always looking for ways we can leverage the facility to make it more valuable to our DOT customers. But the vast majority of the time, that inside lane is is not being used, and so we we're we're very motivated to be a, a to be a productive member of the Auburn family. In addition to you know satisfying the needs of our research customers, our clients, and and, and uh, autonomous vehicles is one of those areas where it's, it's a tremendous resource because it's a secure facility. We know exactly what the geometry is, the smoothness is. We know where every, every rock and every piece of sand is on, on the place, and that, that really makes it a unique re- resource for, for several different units inside of the Auburn University research family. Buzz, can't thank you enough for joining us. I now know. What actually goes on out there? I've asked Christine a million times. So she, she is doing something out apparently. there. Apparently, yeah. They're doing apparently a lot. It's important yeah. work. Yeah. She's, yeah. my gosh. Well, and, and one thing I'd like to close with is, is really important. At, at NCAT, you know, a lot of research uh, that's done at, at universities, sometimes it's kind of hard to see the implementable products because it's really early and there's years before things can actually go public. But the research that we do at NCAT and specifically at, at the NCAT payment test track is, is – Research is innovative, it's relevant, and it's implementable. So every project that we do for our DOT customers, and that includes FHWA and also some private sector customers, there's a product at the end of it that is implemented, and, and that's one of the reasons why we're so excited about what we do. But time time flies, though. I've, I've enjoyed talking to y'all. Yeah, thank well, you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. War Eagle, Buzz. War Eagle.